You remember how in school we would glue and paste little pieces of this and take this dress and put it with this blouse and put it with this head? And so you're trying to build a woman based on the past experiences and you end up with a whole lot of nothing. Sometimes God takes people out of your life and instead of trying to figure out how to put them back in your life, wow. sometimes you just need to trust God and say, okay, Lord, he's trying to take you to another level. You're trying to stay back. And he's right. trying to move you forward. And sometimes right. people just aren't good for you. They call you in the phone and say, you know, your mama's walking down 5th and 9th and she don't have no skirt on. And you get ready to go get in the car and Junior's stolen the car and gone off on a date. You can, you young couples, you got something to look forward to. Just keep on living. A lot of people jump into marriages too quick and they don't really know their partners. And then after they do get married, they learn something about their partner that they didn't know and they really don't like it. And so... I think they need to really get to know who they're going to marry. Something about the wider the heart gets open, the, the, the tighter the eyes get closed. And then after, while the swelling goes down out the heart and the eyes open up again and you roll over and say, what? He don't even have a job. When you make a decision, it can be colossal. It can have a very hard, uh, harsh effect in the future. But if you learn from that decision, learn from that mistake, you can continue to grow and continue to, to move forward. They don't prepare you for marriage in school. So you could be very, very good at other things and be the CEO in every other area of your life and be flunking out in this. You can know your Bible and not know your woman. It's hard to find someone to to keep it 100, as they say. Uh, a lot of people like to perpetrate fraud, as my mother used to say. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know. But that's just the way it is. But it's hard to find someone you can trust and rely on. I want to show you how to get rid of the junk in your trunk. I want to show you how to deal with the conflict of saying you want something that your life says that you don't. Does your life match up with your prayer? Do you look like what you're believing for? that in spite of the humor and, and the festivity of the moment that there's a point to this. There's a purpose to it. And there's some things that I believe that we need to talk about today that will help to take you to the next level. You know, the depiction of the marriage is a very interesting concept. You might, you might have noticed that the mother of the groom, she was a single mother, no doubt with some challenges economically and, and what have you and pushing to be there at the wedding. The other, the family of the bride was more uh, financially stable, astute, snooty <laughs> family with a certain expectation on the groom as to what they expected their daughter to be exposed to. My point for using two people from two different families, though they looked alike externally, they still bring dynamics into the relationship culturally, economically, socially, that make it difficult for the union to be as tight and as cohesive and as effective as you want it to be. 2 Corinthians 6.14, you don't have to stay in it. It just simply says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness 
with unrighteousness. So it started out talking about believers with unbelievers. And then it says, how can you have fellowship? Fellowship. Think about fellowship in its most simplistic terms. Fellows in a ship. How can you find the continuity of fellows in a ship? You know, in, in, in ancient times, fellows in the ship were not just there to cruise. They had to row together. They had to row together with the same rhythm. In order to have the same rhythm in certain cultures, they would have somebody at the top of the ship beating a drum. Because you can't have the same rhythm if you're not hearing the same beat. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now you can be in the same boat, you can be in the same house, you can have the same address, but if you're getting signals and rhythms from two different places, it's going to affect your ability to row together. My God, when you start talking about a relationship, what different worlds would come from? You have to listen. Communicating is just not like, I know how to talk, English is this. No, you've got to listen. Listen, you've got two ears. Listen twice as much as you talk. That's number one thing. If you grew up in a family like my wife did, where everybody was quiet and calm, and she likes quiet things, and the music turned down calm and low, and they didn't speak loudly to each other, what time is dinner this evening? And then you marry somebody from my family where we're talking about, shut your mouth, child, let me tell you something. <laughs> the first time her family came to dinner with my family, they thought we were mad at each other because we, we get up at the dinner table and shake drumsticks at each other. No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got you. Hush, hush, let me tell you. So my idea of a normal environment is engaging, loud, bodacious, aggressive, intriguing conversation. And so when the house is pitched like that, I'm at home. And she thinks, she looks like the little girl did in the wedding. Something's wrong, all these grown people are fighting each other, it's going to be terrible. And her idea of a nice evening is quiet. And I think we're all dead. But somebody say something in here. You pick up so many things from your family and all of a sudden you bring it into one house and you're supposed to become one unit and a ceremony that only takes a few minutes incidentally. I mean just about 30 minutes. You can run through the whole ceremony in 30 minutes and you spend the next 30 years trying to live up to the first 30 minutes. And you say I do and you have done it. And it takes you about 30 years to figure out what you did and who you did it with. Just, just, just hold up a minute. Just calm yourself down. You got some notes, you read some books, you got some points and everything, but you haven't seen everything yet. I tell you, there's some stuff up in there. How, how do you get to be one? That's the objective of, of the marital unit, is that we might be one. That two different people from two different worlds can be one. And the text is merely saying to minimize your liabilities by not being yoked.
together with somebody who's got an entirely different faith beat from yours. Because the text knows that ultimately sometimes you're not going to stay together because you're in sync with each other, but you're going to stay together because you're in sync with God. Sometimes it is literally going to take the Heavenly Father to make you go back home. To make you shut your mouth. To make you not say that thing that came to your mind that if you say that, it would shut it down. It would shut it down. Don't make me shut it down in here. You're not just marrying your spouse, but you're marrying the whole family. Ah, uh, yes. And what that showed me was, like, shoot, you're some crazy people, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, at that moment, it's like, okay, well, you just have to learn how to deal with it, you know? And you married everybody, and that's true when they say that. So that's what I learned, too, because I met some crazy folks in my pathway since I married this beautiful one you're here. <laughs> the pressure is a mountain, and when the pressure mounts, marriages explode. I mean, they explode. They explode today like they've never exploded before. I mean, when I was a kid, people stayed together who weren't even happy. You know how it was. Now, I don't know about anybody else's neighborhood, but you know how Mr. Fred had a f family over here and a... And, and Mr. Fred, he, he would be dying and you'd still be finding out who the kids really were. You. We did the crazy stuff in this world. She didn't leave. You didn't quit. You didn't stop. But today, family just boom, they just explode or implode. They explode. Every day, just about every day, I turn on the news, somebody has come in the house and killed their wife and their kids and shot themselves in the head. Wife drowning, all the kids in the tub, in the swimming pool, just can't cope anymore. What in the world is going on every day? It happens so much, you'll get used to it. The worst part about it is we're not shocked anymore. We used to be shocked when they found the whole family dead. Now the police come out on the, out on the crime scene eating a big Whopper, a Big Mac, and some french fries, and talking about, you know, well, Fred, what, what, how long has she been dead? And we'll be back for more right after this. Everything is just business as usual, going through the motions. And we don't see that people are literally exploding or imploding. They're, they're imploding from the inside. They're just imploding up under the pressures of life and the demands and the economy and raising the children. And they're stuck between aging parents and developing children. Oh, God. Just about the time you start to get things situated, grandma's walking down the street, doesn't even have her skirt on. She don't even know it. She's just walking down the street, no skirt on, just grinning. And they call you in the phone and say, you know, your mama's walking down 5th and 9th and she don't have no skirt on. And you get ready to go get in the car, and Junior's stolen the car and gone off on a date. You can't. You young couples, you got something to look forward to. Just keep on living. Woo! Woo! God bless your soul. And they're, they're, they're really breaking down. And all of these 
murders and killings and many of them and suicides on every level they're every level rich and poor and black folks and white folks hispanic folks we're all acting crazy now crazy is equal opportunity sport Poor folks say, we're going to be crazy today. Rich folks say, we got it tomorrow. Hey, hey. White folks say, we're going to do it at 2 o'clock. Black folks, we're doing it at 9. His friends say, we got 7 o'clock coming. We're going to be crazy. Today. I mean, people just flipping out, just flipping out with doctorate degrees, going crazy. Just boom, blow itself up. Boom, boom. Out of it. Domestic violence is a sign of exploding families. The Bible says, anger resteth in the bosom of fools. If you are in a continual state of anger, the Bible says you're a fool. If anger rests on you, if it rests in you over a night, you're a fool. God says to married people, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Because anger compounds interest over time. And it builds up stronger and stronger and stronger. And after a while, you're angry and you don't even know what you're angry about. It just keeps mounting and mounting. <laughs> Anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Did you marry a fool? Did you take time to find out? Did you date them long enough to see how they act when they're not happy? Before you do, tell somebody say, before you do. I've got to stop there, but I'm so excited to share this word with you. I believe it is so relevant for right now. One of my favorite scriptures is acknowledge him in all thy ways and he shall direct thy path. Direction is everything and God is able to steer you in the direction that you need to make toward your success. After all, he has a plan for your life, and I, I want you to understand that plan and begin to understand how your decisions will affect the ultimate results of that plan. We'll share more of this great teaching next week, but I want you to really hone in on this. Get your hand on this book at all costs. There are some secrets in there. There are some things that I've learned after years of counseling couples in all sorts of situations that will help you, and not only couples, but all of you who deal with decision-making on every level, I believe this is really going to bless you in a profound and powerful way. And don't forget to be a part of MegaCare. The announcer is going to tell you more about that. You can be a part of making a difference in people's lives. So many times we spend all of our lives saying, Lord, give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. But let me tell you something. We need to be concerned about other people and how we can touch them. I find that to him whom much is given, much is required. And we have an obligation to reach out to those in need. I'll be back in a moment to pray with you.